which AFC North tight end changed his body for a bigger workload this offseason? Is a former NFL MVP about to be a big bust for his fantasy owners? And we play a Yaman or nine with the Chicago Bears. Plus, nine-time FPC League champ Daryl Wall talks to us about who he has a bunch of shares of this year, what rookie wideout might be a sleeper in football guys' leagues, and more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Put your hands, everybody, if you got what it takes. Because I'm KRS and I'm on the mic and premieres on the break. Broadcast live and heard around the world. You are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Welcome into the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, all you Balkaholics, all you Gerzakin addicts. It's presented by MyFFPC.com, and I am, of course, your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman. My co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football. His name is the Dizzle, a.k.a. his birth name, David Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we're going to discuss the impact of a stud, excuse me, a stud receiver skipping OTAs with his new team, why the Cardinals' defense may never see the field this year, and Daryl Wall, a nine-time Football Guys Players' Championship winner, will join us shortly for a discussion of some breakout AFC North running backs, his thoughts on Mike Williams, and much more. I would say shout-out to the chat room right now, but BTR is having some issues with the chat room, so I apologize that you're not able to jump in. We are still going to have a lot of your questions coming up in the Fantasy Feedback segment later on in the show if you want to hop in and get more of those questions answered 347-426-3682 that's 347 game over facebook.com slash hsff hour at hsff hour on twitter at eric balkman at david gerzak high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com is where to reach us audio engineer and commissioner and best friend bryce working very hard tonight doing uh the triple threat as it were and our producer and mutual friend rob is uh, manning everything, all uh, excuse me, all the buttons and everything behind the glass tonight. Uh, we'll do our best to get to all the questions later on in the show. Uh, a couple of things I have to point out: we are less than five hours away from the FFPC main event early bird expiration. That's right, at midnight Pacific t- uh, time tonight, you will not be able to get that early bird discount anymore. Jump in now, get your team registered. Not only will you save $100 off of your team, but you'll be entered into the prestigious Pros versus Joes uh, entry uh, where you can compete with uh, 35 other Joes, 36 other pros for one of six 2020 FFPC main event entries. That's at myffpc.com. Of course, Dynasty Startup's forming there. Uh, I believe we have some going off on Tuesday that are still looking for some spots. Best Ball, Superflex, and Double Outs also always available at myffpc.com. Go ahead and get on over to rotoviz.com slash podcast to listen to the latest high-stakes lowdown with Kevin Proctor. That's right, the franchise owner of the Throwbacks. 
joins me to uh, discuss a lot of his football guys' drafts so far this season, who he's targeting, who he's fading. Uh, the guy's won over $70,000 uh, playing in the FFPC, so hopefully you tune in and listen to that because it was a good one. Dave, how are we doing tonight, man? Doing well. How are you, Buck? I can't complain. I'm very excited as we are entering June tomorrow, my friend. June is here already, and if you haven't started drafting yet, uh, you're missing out, man. Yeah, weather actually is pretty nice here in Wisconsin. Got up to 118 degrees today. That's very funny. Just what it felt like to me. The exaggeration jokes always uh, work well. Oh, listen, well, listen, there's, there's, there's going to be much more of them coming tonight. Don't you worry. Let's welcome in tonight's guest, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, he joined the FFPC six years ago after playing in traditional home leagues and online rotisserie leagues for over 25 years. Says he always looks forward to playing with the FFPC, and perhaps that's because he's got nine Football Guys Players Championship titles under his belt. Please welcome him to the show, Mr. Darrell Walt. Good evening, sir, and thanks for hopping aboard. Uh, thank you for having me. Daryl, uh, very excited to uh, to have you join us tonight because you've already done some football guys leagues uh, this season, and we're, we're very interested to see how those went for you and, and what stood out to you, what surprised you, uh, so on and so forth. Before you get to that, can you let the listeners know what you're doing for a living when you're not winning FPC leagues? Oh, yeah. So I, uh, <clears throat> I work for an online auction company, and uh, we sell uh, foreclosed properties and REO properties. Um, and so I, I'm a VP of the portfolio management uh, team here. So um, I, I stay pretty busy. Oh, I can imagine, especially with the, when you pepper in fantasy football drafts with that too. That, that is a full <laughs> life, my friend. It certainly is. That's awesome. Normally I have a question, but I don't really have a good uh, – I don't know enough. No, no online auction uh, questions, Dave? <laughs> no, nothing like that? No, not, there's, you've never had a, a fan – never foreclosed on a fantasy player who's just gone overboard or anything, right? Not that I'm aware of. Yeah, see? We'll have to tell the state regulators. It's a, it's a safe game to play, everyone. Exactly. Doesn't get any safer. All right, Daryl, let's talk fantasy a little bit. Uh, you selected uh, Sammy Watkins at the 403 at, in the football guys draft so far this year at um, – He's been moving up in drafts thanks to the Tyreek Hill issue. Uh, if Hill's not playing for the Chiefs this year, now, tell us a little bit about what you think, how, how great of a year do you think Sammy Watkins is looking at, assuming uh, health, which, you know, that's always a big uh, concern with uh, Sammy Watt. Yeah, so I've been kind of a fan of Sammy Watkins since his Buffalo days, um, and, and so he's experienced quite a bit of injuries. Um but I've been kind of looking at the projections for Mahomes and really there's nowhere to take those, you know, you know, where are those yards going to go. Correct. Um, and so I don't think Hill is going to really be here for at least eight games. Um, and I just think Watkins is outside of Kelsey is going to be really the best receiver on the field. So I was on a gamble I'm willing to take often, but I think just be, I don't have Watkins at least in the, at least, at least in the football guys, um, draft so far up until this last one, so I thought I would just take a take a chance on it. Daryl, uh, have you been hedging at all when in the in in the drafts where you do take walk-ins? Are, are you taking um, you know say McCole Hardman later? Are you taking anybody else um, off the Chiefs just just to cover yourself if Watkins does indeed get hurt and there is a new number one on the Chiefs, or are you just kind of like Watkins or bust if you're going with uh, with the Chiefs receiver? No, Demarcus Robinson is someone I'm trying to get late um, before he wasn't being drafted. I think in some of the leagues uh, now he sort of was in the you know 20, 19, 18. I see him go as high as about 16 or 15. Uh, so that's I am trying to get these Demarcus Robinson um, in a couple of leagues. 
I was on um, Harbin there for a while, but, you know, I just don't necessarily, you know, right now his price doesn't really make much sense to me. Sammy Watkins currently going at the 602 in FFPC best ball drafts over the last two weeks. I know he's rising even further in football guys drafts. I want to talk about a player as we shift from uh, receiver to running back player that's getting a lot of pub. We talked about him on the show last week, Dave, and that's Joe Mixon, a guy that you had drafted uh, Daryl at the 110 in one of your recent football guys uh, drafts. He obviously doesn't have the talent of, of prime Todd Gurley, but the guy who was the quarterback's coach for Gurley's Rams last year, Zach Taylor, is now Mixon's head coach. What does that mean for Mixon this season, and, and what kind of season does he have in store for fantasy owners that select him this year? I, mean, I think Mixon's going to have a big year. I think really the, the whole Bengals offense is going to look good. I have a ton of green. Um, I don't have a lot of Mixon. I think there are a lot of players who appear to agree with me around what we think Mixon's going to do. Clearly, he's not the talent um, as Gurley is, but I think he's one of the more talented runners and catchers um, really, uh, you know, in the league. So I think given the style of offense, I think, you know, Dalton, although may not be the greatest quarterback, he is a competent quarterback. So I do think that that offense is going to pop this season. So I'm trying to get as many players that I can uh, off that um, off that roster uh, to sort of fill, fill up my teams. Joe Mixon currently going at the 202 in FFPC best ball draft. He is rising. I'm seeing him go fairly consistently in the first round of football guys drafts. I know he'll be passing uh, Todd Gurley soon as well as my projection. And then I would imagine that James Conner would be next. Uh, I, I don't know if he gets up to the Melvin Gordon, Le'Veon Bell level, but uh, stranger things have happened, Dave. And Joe Mixon is a climate. He's, he's like that. Uh, he's the yodeler on the prices right, right now, but he has no shot of like dropping off unless he gets hurt. No, he's definitely a riser for sure. It seems like people are uh, evaluating him more and more and uh, really starting to like him. Um, so that next question, now, Valky, let's see if I'm going to get it right here. Nikhil Harry may be a rookie this season. You got it. That's right. correct, yeah. He's actually going to be a, is he going to be a sneaky good redraft choice in the FPC leagues as well? Yeah, I mean, I think there's really targets available, I think, with Gronk being, you know, retiring. Um you know, I think whenever you get rookie receivers, there's always some fear that they really are not going to produce. Um, I think we had that one-year pop with with um, with Beckham and Evans, and I think that may have made people believe that rookie receivers are going to be successful. I, I typically don't really like to draft rookie receivers, but I do think given what we hear, given the talent, given how – the Patriots really are able to pull the most out of their players. Um, I think it's worth taking a shot on a, a player who's able to get some of the targets that were left uh, available from, from Gronk's retirement. He is currently going uh, behind receivers like Tyreek Hill, Cortland Sutton, Marvin Jones, and Christian Kirk in FFPC, excuse me, FFPC leagues. He's actually going in front of, uh, Kiki QT, Sterling Shepard, and Golden Tate smack dab uh, right at the uh, 9-10 turn in FFPC best balls right now. So he is now a single-digit round selection is Nikhil Harry. And we have our single round selection on the show tonight. It is Daryl Wall, a nine-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner, hanging out with Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour talking about rookies here. Let's talk about Justice Hill, Daryl. You took him in the 11th round in a football guy's draft this week and given the new weapons in Baltimore's offense, is, is he a guy that is going to flourish playing behind Lamar Jackson? 
<laughs> you know, I, I think he can. I, I, he's a talent. Um, I, you know, I've, I've actually loved drafting Mark Ingram for the last couple of years. Um, and so I, I am still a believer in Mark Ingram, but I just think he'll has, you know, a, a particular type of talent that I think will justify getting, you know, some, some significant carries um, and, and potentially obviously some, some receptions. Um, and then again, if there's an injury or anything that happens, I mean, I think there's really nothing else, you know, on that team. I mean, you can get away with, you know, the Gus Edwards and the Alex Collins. Um, but from a talent standpoint, I do think Hill definitely will, will step up if, if necessary. And if there is something that, that does happen uh, to, to Ingram as far as an injury is concerned. I think that uh, – I think it was Sigmund Bloom or – Evan Silva, I can't remember. One of them was saying on a recent podcast um, that Justice Hill is the type of player that come week eight, week nine of the season, we as fantasy owners might be talking about, man, they need to get Justice Hill the ball a lot more because he's being so efficient with all of his touches. So we'll have to see what happens there, but I think you make a lot of good points about the Baltimore backfield, Daryl. There, there is an opportunity – in Justice Hill's rookie year uh, for some serious damage there if he takes a, a advantage of it. Staying with running backs, Dave, staying in the AFC North. Yeah, and just real quick, Justice Hill, you know, I tried to get him. I have, you know, I'm in eight dynasty leagues. Every, I was trying to get him in the second round of all these leagues, but he was always going just a couple of picks. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I yeah. couldn't get him. Did you get him anywhere? Uh, I had the chance to. I found somebody else to take instead, right. or I traded the pick. So. Yeah, maybe I took Damian Harris out of him. He was, anyway. a guy, he was a guy I, con- I, consi- I considered consistently in the mid-second round, but yeah, I ended up going yeah. different different direction. Yeah, very good. Okay, so anyway, Daryl, back to our interview. Uh, you have James Conner in more than one place. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, they're talking a little bit about him, I don't know, splitting time is their accurate word, but maybe a 60-40 split with uh, Jalen Samuels. But can you tell us a little bit why you think last year, uh, Conner's last year was not a fluke, and you think he's the real deal in the Pittsburgh backfield again in 2019? So I think the first thing you can say is the, the Steelers line is, you know, one of the best in the league. Um, so really pretty much Le'Veon when he was out uh, previous years, and pretty much put anyone back there and they were able to, to, to get a ton of volume. Um, I, mean, I think Connor has a quality, quality back. I don't necessarily think, you know, Snell is going to take any of those, those, those um, snaps uh, away from him. Um, and so I, 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 I just don't see a, a way for Connor not to at least be a, a, an RB1, um, a low in RB1, and potentially a high RB2 if possible. So I, I, I have no concerns about a drop-off. Dave, we haven't talked about James Conner on the, on the show. I don't even know how you, how you fall in line. I know you like Le'Veon Bell better than James Conner this year. Would you take him at the end of the first round in, in, a, you know, in, a, in a football guys type league? Yeah, I would look at I would look at James Conner. Yeah, at the end of the first. At the end of the first, yeah, he's, I can tell you his ADP right now. I think that's I right. Know, I, I think one twelve is where he's going. So. I, you know, I'm back and forth on Le'Veon Bell, so you know. James Conner currently going at the two hundred one, so he's a he's a, you know going right at that turn uh, in in FFPC best ball drafts over the last two weeks. I don't think that changes too much with football guys, but that's where Conner is going. I, I think I'd be fine with him. I I, I mean I. I like some of the receivers there a little bit better. I like Michael Thomas better. I like Odell Beckham better. Uh, but certainly if I'm going running back there and Joe Mixon's already off the board, James Conner is a guy I would strongly look at. Uh, people are talking uh, kind of a polarizing player here for the Chargers this year. Mike Williams, he's entering his third year as a member of Los Angeles. Daryl, is he about to make a big leap forward and make that breakthrough even after coming off a 10-touchdown season in 2018? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, the talent's there. I mean, I think that's – I mean, as much as I, I'm a huge fan of Keenan Allen, I think there's just a – it's just a big ball of talent there with, with Mike Williams. And so I don't see how they don't use them. Obviously, they use them pretty significantly in the red zone with the 10 touchdowns. Um, there's a lot of upside within that offense. Um, there's a lot of noise around – um, that team really making a, a, a big push for the Super Bowl. So they're going to be a high octane offense. Um, if you're not getting Keenan Allen, you can still get a piece of that offense uh, with Mike Williams. And I, I'm all in. You know, you know, there's no way to get you know Melvin Gordon at certain parts you know in the drafts or Keenan Allen. So if you want a piece of this offense, uh, I think Mike Williams is a, is a pretty good substitute for those first two. It's currently costing FFPC players a mid-sixth-round pick. He's going right behind Calvin Ridley, Tyler Lockett, and Sammy Watkins. He's going right in front of Jarvis Landry, Allen Robinson, and Tyler Boyd. Oh, Dave, I know you like Tyler Boyd better than Mike Williams. I do. Yeah, okay. So, that's, I mean, there's a glut of receivers going in the sixth round of FFPC best ball drafts right now, and he's one of them. I think there's like seven guys going in the sixth. I mean, so the question about it Mike, changes quite a bit. But Mike Williams, is he the third target there behind Keenan Allen and Henry? Or do you think he's the second? Yep. Yeah, what, how, do, how do you fall in on that, Daryl? Second or third option for the Chargers? I mean, I think he's going to be a second option. I just, I mean, I think Hunter Henry's coming back. I think he's going to be solid. Um, but, it, it, you know, I, I, I think it'll be a close, you know, very close number of targets. But I, I, I just think that talent's there. And I think it'll be, it'll be hard-pressed not to, to really try to feed Mike Williams the ball. And you, and you hear some of that chatter from, uh, from the, some of the coaches. And, and I know some of them are hedging, but – I'm going to go with the talent on this one um, and and see how that works out. I'm also a fan of Boyd. I do hear a lot of people saying that he's not going to be able to to maintain that that the volume he got last season. But the the couple games that AJ Green played, or the eight or seven games AJ Green played, I mean Tyler Boyd was on fire. So and I don't see that changing for him. So I do think they're both really good picks, um, um, and and definitely want to get more more shares of Boyd as well. You know, sometimes I always like to bring this up, too, when we talk about all the different options that a team has, and, and we talk about Allen and Henry and Williams, and certainly that, that triumvirate is right up there in the NFL as far as the best receiving trio out there. Phillip Rivers might be an interesting buy, given that, uh, it, you, you, I mean, he's costing a mid-10th round pick. He's his 17th quarterback off the board. So you could wait and wait and wait and let other teams double up at quarterback and still get Rivers as your starter. That is pretty solid. Um, we're seeing a lot of teams wait on quarterback again this year. Uh, Philip Rivers being a nice little consolation prize in football guys draft. Um, we always talk about uh, when we get guests on the show, Daryl, about you know who who have drafted not just one draft this year, but already have a couple of them under the uh, under their belt. I know you've got a few under your belt, and uh, I look at um, when when I get done doing multiple drafts, I always look at oh man, I got this guy again, I got this guy again, and I'll either feel really good about it or like. And I'm a little bit overweight on this guy this year. Is there anybody in fantasy drafts uh, that, that you've picked up so far this year that you wish you had more of or are worried that you might have too much of right now? No, I mean, I think for me right now, um, getting a ton of Rashad Penny, um, I, I, again, I think I, I do have a ton of shares. I do think he's, 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 he's going to be – He's going to do pretty well. I mean, even with Chris Carson there, I think they're going to run the ball a lot. Um, I think not having Mike Davis, I totally want more of those shares. Uh, Jalen Samuels, I know that, you know, 
I'm high on Connor, but I, I see I, I do see them kind of changing things up. I think those Antonio Brown targets are not going to obviously go to Juju. He already has, you know, he already you know can show that he's he's gotten those receptions even when Brown's there. And I don't think it's going to go to the rookie. I don't necessarily think all those targets are going to go to James Washington. I do think it will change up their scheme a little bit and get the ball out to to Jalen Samuel. So. You know, trying to get a, a piece of these these offenses that I think are going to be high power offenses. And if I can't get the top player, I'm trying to get some of the players that are going to take some of those targets away, um, and there'll be a good stash from the bench that will help out later in the season. Let's get to some tweets and emails tonight for Daryl Wall, of course, a nine-time Football Guys Players Championship League winner, and a couple of emails that, well, I'll tell you what, let's lead it off with a tweet tonight from the Bourbon City baller himself, Kevin Williamson, at SSN670 on Twitter, a longtime listener and FFPC player. He wants to know, uh, have you had more success drafting early, like May, June, or July, versus, say, late in August and September? Uh, and um, he also wants to know, this is more of a question for me and Dave that I don't know if we'll be able to answer accurately. He wants to know the past champs in the main event of the football guys and uh, the top ten when have they drafted in the past. Uh, so, Darrell, we'll lead things off with you. When, uh, when you draft, when, when have you seen your most success? Has, has it been getting value early? Has it been using all that information that's out there for everyone in August and September? Are those the more successful teams, or have you had success no matter when you've drafted? Yeah. It's really, you know, it's been all over the place. I, but I do, would say earlier you draft, I mean, you are getting a lot of value. I mean, although it's a grind, correct? I mean, I think you really are seeing some of the best players who are drafting early. Um, and so you're just really, they're really bunched up in, into the leagues. But I think what you're also seeing is some of the other players uh, end up not even being drafted. Um, so you get a lot of, of, of rookie being drafted. And so most of those rookies aren't going to, are not going to perform. Uh, and so, really, the waiver wires are wide open at the beginning of the season. Um, one of the things that you can take advantage of later on, at least I have, is, you know, you're going to get a ton of information. A lot of information is available. And, yes, some people are going to be rising up, you know, the the um, the charts. But what I found in the later, the later drafts is that there's more information, and you can actually make a lot better decisions. And you're not guessing. Um, and so you're taking a lot of that guesswork out of it. So it just really depends um, really on how you're structuring, the, how I'm structuring my drafts. Um, but I do prefer doing some of the earlier drafts. I think I'm, I'm getting some pretty good value. Uh, Dave, as far as the second part of Kevin's question goes, you know, I, 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 Rob, Rob and I book a lot of guests uh, for the show throughout the season. And it seems like to me when I look at when these guys drafted and the reason we're having them on is obviously they're, you know, top 10, top 20 in the football guys players championship. I, I mean, I, I, we've had guests on that drafted their team in early June. We've had teams that have drafted their teams in, in early May. We've had them draft the, the, the game day draft, the last day you can draft an FPC team. I think it's been all over the place, and, and I can't speak for overall winners in the contest, but I would imagine it would be similar. Like, I don't think there's necessarily a, a better time to draft. I just think, you know, doing it throughout the drafting season, it really challenges you, and, and it's a lot more fun that way because the board's always changing. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I do agree. I mean, there are definitely more champions in the later drafts, but that's because there are so many more later drafts. So I, I yeah, that's that a good it's point. It's really super heavily weighted to late drafts, but that is because of that. Yeah, we do have uh, many more drafts going on uh, at that point. Uh, let's uh, get to an email here. I think the first one is from yeah, Bill in Piscataway, New Jersey. Dave, when's the last time you were in Piscataway? 
Has it been a while? Oh, yeah, it's been a while. Right been. after uh, I was at Princeton over there ah. getting my bachelor's in uh, you know, art history. Got it. Hey, interesting. What did you do with that degree? Started uh, a couple podcast. of e-commerce. Oh, podcasting. Yes, well, <laughs> <laughs> insert joke here. Manet or Monet. Baltimore. He writes, uh, what's up, Daryl? How do you view Jack Doyle this season now that Eric Ebron has become a big part of the Colts' offense and one of Luck's favorite targets? Thank you for the email. Bill in Piscataway, New Jersey. Maybe Dave had him in one of his Princeton classes there. I'm not sure. Uh, let's talk about Jack Doyle here a, a little bit, Daryl. And before you answer that, I can tell you that currently in best ball drafts with the FFPC, Jack Doyle is going at the 10.09 in the tight end premium format. Your thoughts on Jack Doyle and what he presents for fantasy owners in 2019? Great value. I mean, Jack Doyle's going late, um, especially in the, 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 the premium league. Um, you're, you're getting a player who I think really is going to be on the field pretty much going to Ebron's not going to be on the field as often as Doyle. Um, and so I'm all in on Doyle. Um, there's really nothing but upside. I think they're both, you know, he's obviously coming off the injury, but I'm not really concerned about it. So um, I have a ton of, uh, of drafts. I've been drafting uh, Doyle. Um, so I'm, I'm not really concerned about his injury or anything like that. And I don't think Ebron's going to have a very, a very big season. As a matter of fact, I was all over Ebron last season. I'm not really buying many shares of Ebron this season. Yeah, Eric Ebron going very high in drafts this year, uh, comparison to where he was going last year. He's going at the 503 right now, which puts him at tight end number seven off the board. Um, and uh, quick self-promotion, I actually uh, recorded a video and did a little write-up for our friend Matt Kelly over at playerprofiler.com for their uh, world-famous draft guide. Uh, so when you get that interactive, uh, well, not interactive, but when you get that online draft guide, you can actually check out the video I recorded in that, did the little write-up in there, and I, I don't, I don't want to reveal what I said about Eric Ebron, but let's just say I echoed a lot of what Daryl just said here tonight. So check that out when it's released, which I believe is coming up in the next couple of weeks as well. One more email here for you, Daryl, tonight. It's from Mark in Syracuse. He writes, hey, Daryl, I know the HSFFR guys like Chris Herndon, but what do you think of him this year? If you wait on a tight end, does he make sense as a backup after his mini breakout in 2018? Chris Herndon currently going uh, as far as the ADP goes at the 8-11. So he is uh, creeping into that eighth round right now. It makes him, as far as tight ends off the board goes, he is number uh, 13, tight end 13 right now. So he's being drafted as a backup. So to me, that would suggest that he make a great backup. Your thoughts, uh, Daryl, on, on Chris Herndon catching passes from Sam Darnold in his sophomore season for the New York football Jets. Uh, I'm avoiding the Jets just because of Gase. Uh, so um, there's really I, I don't I just I'm, I'm just concerned just what kind of mess that's going to be possibly. I think there's other players that are going other tight ends are going a little bit later. I think Kaseki, um that I would rather have later on that I think provides a similar potential upside. Um, uh, but again, if you're getting, if you're getting, I mean, Hurden's going much earlier than Gusecki or Josh Oliver or some other, some other tight ends. Um, I will, I, I will take Doyle or Walker or any of those other tight ends uh, that are going later than Hurden, and then I'll try to pick up, you know, Oliver or Gusecki or Andrews. Um, I think they just provide more value. I, I, well, I would rather pick up a James Washington or Jalen Samuels where, where, around, where Chris Hurden has been going in some of the leagues. I think there's some better value around his ADP. 
Yeah, Delaney Walker going a few picks right behind him. Uh, TJ Hawkinson a round later. Kyle Rudolph a full round later. And then you mentioned Jack Doyle, Dallas Goddard, and actually Jordan Reed falling all the way to the end of the 10th round. Those are all players that are going after Dallas Goddard. Uh, or excuse me, right after um, Chris Herndon, Dave. Now, you have been working on something over there. I've tried to not no, bother I mean, you. I know you're looking at the Ebron, Jack Doyle, uh, the games that they played at the, during, they were both on the field at the same uh-huh. time last year. And, and, and anything of, interesting to report? Well, Ebron had a ton of touchdowns. I mean, he's had two, four, five, six, they, one, two, they played together in six games last year. Okay. Ebron had seven touchdowns in those six games. But oddly enough, Ebron didn't have that many yards. He had, well, comparatively to Doyle, he had 51, 26, 37, 69, 0, and 45 on the yard side. Doyle had 60, 20, 70, 36, 43, and 16. So I guess on a yards perspective, neither one really super impressed. Right. Um, I have to just add them up. But, I mean, Doyle might have, might have more yards, actually, over that, over that six-game stretch. Not the touchdowns. Doyle only had two touchdowns. But that is fluky. It's only six yeah. games. And uh, but that you know I I, I thought the uh, insight on Doyle versus Ebron was interesting. Yeah, and, and just I mean here's the tip of the scales for me, and and I and I think Daryl would agree the draft value. I mean look at what you have to sink to get Doyle and what you have to sink to get Ebron. It just doesn't make any sense. Uh, if it don't make dollars, Dave, it don't make sense. And I don't know if picking Ebron in the fifth round over waiting on Jack Doyle, where you could get him all the way down in the tenth round. I don't know if that makes much sense. Uh, Daryl's been incredibly patient and gracious and very insightful tonight, Dave. Before we let him go, I believe you have one final question for him. Yeah, Daryl, we need some advice, as always. Uh, we need a player that you're going to be staying away from early in drafts this season. This is redraft, as well as a sleeper that you've been targeting already in the mid to late rounds. Uh, I'm just really staying away from Vic Fournette. I mean, I'm just not – I mean, it's just not excited about about that pick. Um, so I don't 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 not even when I see that name, I just pass on it. Um, I think they're just <laughs> other players. Um, and then a player I, I I've been trying to get, but I don't I have yet to get um, at, at least in the the football guys is Daryl Henderson, or um, not not because he, we share the same name, um, but because I but that I, I think that. Yeah, yeah. It's, I just think he's going to have an outstanding season. I just part of what I think is missed in the com, in the conversation about Daryl Henderson is that the Rams up to this moment have been trying to get a, that player, so they've missed out on the last couple of drafts. So they've really been holding back some of that of that playbook, and so I think they they found a, a player that they can really expand on their playbook. So even if I'm not taking a girly. Um, uh, injury into, into consideration, which obviously I am. Um, I, I do think he's going to have a really good season. Just just hearing some of the conversations around what they want to do with this style of player. Um, so uh, I do see the potential for something similar to the Ingram uh, Kamara year that that happened a couple of years ago, de- depending on how they use them. Well, no surprise. I've now lied on the show tonight. I said that was the last question. I do have one more for you, Daryl. Right. I know, I know that you, uh, yes, a bonus question. I know you said that you liked uh, Rashad Penny quite a bit uh, this year, and he is going actually right around the same spot as Daryl Henderson. Let's say it's you, you're only drafting. Let's say it's a like a FFPC main event where you're only, you know, anything where you're only having one league. You have to pick between Henderson and Penny. Um, which one are you going with when when you can only pick one? Um, I'm actually picking both players because I would have noticed that and, and reached on one in the, in the previous uh, previous round. I just think they're worth having both, and I would reach um, 
Ah, nice. are going now. There's really no reason at this, given what we're seeing, or at least what I believe to to, to be the case. Um, I'm restructuring, you know, how I'm looking at the, the drafts. And if I feel a player, if I want to get that player, I'm, I'm trying to get them no matter what. I can replace, I think, some of the 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 um, the points for some of the other players. But I do think that those that the, that Henderson will will score. Um, and I think it's worth at least uh, taking uh, taking both if possible. But I would definitely take uh, um, Henderson, especially depending on my draft goal, if I was pushed to a, to an answer. Yeah, both of them going at the 703 right now. So certainly you could grab uh, you know Henderson or, or whoever at the end of the sixth and, and then take Penny in the seventh round. Interesting uh, way to do it there, no question. And, and Daryl, that was a fantastic answer. If this fantasy football thing doesn't work out when it, it actually looks like it is working out for you, you have a career in politics, my friend. That was a fantastic answer, and it's been a fantastic interview tonight for you. Daryl Wall, ladies and gentlemen, uh, nine-time winner in the Football Guys Players Championship. Thank you so much for joining the show tonight, dude. Good luck in uh, all your drafts this, uh, this summer. I hope you enjoy them, and we'll talk again soon, dude. Thank you very much. Daryl Wall, ladies and gentlemen. The, uh, I don't know. I, I could reveal his team name. Um, he uses the same team name in uh, a lot of his drafts. I don't know if I will. I, I don't know if, if that's eh, proper etiquette. Okay. But he, he plays in a lot of them. He's very talented. He's good. And a lot of insight there, too, Dave. Um, yeah, for sure. I, uh, I was going to ask him this, too. I didn't want to ask the two bonus questions. I'll, I'll pose this to you. He shares our philosophy on the Jets this year, where we're kind of avoiding. Um, I still like Herndon, and I will draft Herndon for, regardless. Okay. And does that extend to Le'Veon Bell in the first round? I'm not going to draft Le'Veon Bell in the first round. Okay, all right. I will. I mean, I'm uh, keeping in mind that my redraft career consists of pretty much Kentucky, and you bid for draft spots, and I'm probably not. I'll probably be searching and spending money to be in the early part of the rounds. But, but anyway, I'm looking. I'm probably going more of a wide receiver heavy strategy if I'm going to be at the end. Yeah, that's the way to do it, my friend. I was, uh, you know, I, I, the real Leroy and I participated in a Kentucky draft. Um, this past Sunday. Nice. And it, it was all right, but I was, I was shocked, Dave. Every year I'm shocked. It's, it's such a, a shock to the system. Every, the, my first Kentucky draft every year, I cannot believe how fast those receivers go. Oh, it's so, Just, it's so crazy. It's unbelievable. And um, I went uh, Christian McCaffrey at the 104, and then we went Zach Ertz in the second round because I wanted to get one of those elite, top three elite tight ends. Man, that really handcuffs you for receivers. Yeah, you're, the cupboard was bare. Oh, it was not. Who's it, number one, like Cooks? Uh, DJ Moore. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, well, I, it, yeah. Could, it could work out. It may not. And Chris Godwin's number two and Robbie Anderson's number three. Yeah, that's, that's a little it's, rough. It's going to be rough there. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. But um, now it's fun. Yeah, you got a, but you have a, you know, a 90, 100 catch tight end, which most people have. like. Crap. Well, and Christian McCaffrey's going to have 150 catches before November. So get that going, too. Another nice exaggeration. Uh, well, well I don't know how much that's an exaggeration. <laughs> I want to thank uh, football guys Roto World and Rob for tonight's rundown. It is the Fantasy Flash. Ladies and gentlemen, let's hit the newspaper and go over to the Charlotte Observer, where we saw a report this week that Cam Newton, who had shoulder surgery, has resumed throwing a, quote, regulation-sized football. No more nerves. Earlier in May, Cam Newton said he was hoping to resume throwing before training camp. And uh, apparently, I, I didn't realize this, but a lot of rehabbing quarterbacks will use a smaller ball to start throwing uh, as opposed to the, um, the Duke, as it were, right <laughs> away. 
Um, Cam Newton, uh, it sounds like he's going to be ready to go for training camp. I'm curious your thoughts on how this actually affects DJ Moore because he's been a big downfield threat. And given that the Panthers have two pretty good underneath guys in uh, Christian McCaffrey and Greg Olson, I'm curious if you're worried about Cam Newton's arm strength maybe not all the way up at the start of the season, potentially affecting DJ Moore. I don't, you know, I don't think so. I mean, if he's going to be full go at training camp, he'll be fine. I mean, I think. Well, that's the plan. We we don't know. Well, this isn't like the Andrew Luck situation where you know he there's just all the smoke all over the place and he misses the season and then you really have he have concerns about his actual career. Uh, it seems like everything's been on track for Cam. I have no I, unless I hear anything at all, I don't have any concerns about Cam really. You know, and if you don't have concerns about him, I think he, he you would well. He's pretty, I, he's pretty reasonable. He's he's very reasonable in drafts right now. He is going again. This is FFPC best ball. The nine oh nine, Dave. Um, he is going behind guys like Kyler Murray, Jameis Winston, Carson Wentz, Drew Brees, Jared Goff. Wow, I'm really surprised Drew Brees is that high. So then the 11th, you know, he's going in the 11th or 12th round in classics. I would imagine, yeah. Yeah, right around there. Ahead that's, of, that's crazy cheap for Cam. Yeah, and, and I mean, like, he still, has, he still has his legs. They're still attached. They're healthy. They're good. Uh, he's still going to get some rushes this year, too, some rushing touchdowns. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I think um, this is just more reason to wait on quarterback, too, because you can get – him super cheap uh, again, and he per, uh, presents a tremendous amount of upside. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me, I'm getting a little verklempt talking about Cam Newton over here. I it's, see that. Getting all emotional. Uh, the Ravens on Twitter uh, this week, Dave, tweeted out that Hayden Hurst says he's added about 20 pounds of muscle. Quote, I'm kind of on a mission this year. I have a lot to prove. Says he weighs about 265 coming into this season. He was listed at 245 when he was coming into the uh, NFL draft last year. Um, he was the number 25 overall pick of the 2018 NFL draft. And, you know, I, he had a bad foot last year. I'm not sure if putting on weight is the best thing to do when, when you have a bad wheel, um, but certainly he thinks uh, that, that it is. This is a run-first team, Baltimore. In Baltimore, they have a lot of tight ends there. And you got to believe that given that he, he was a rookie tight end last year and they tend to struggle a lot, he should improve a little bit. But I don't know, man. You, you put on all this weight, you weigh 265. To me, that's like, hey, we're going to run, and we need a, this extra blocker who can catch every now and then. I'm not targeting Hayden Hurst at all. Well, Hayden Hurst was a really old rookie since he was play, play, played baseball. So he was supposed to be one of those guys, and I, we were talking about him last year, as a player that as a rookie tight end might actually be something because he was so old, and he wasn't. He did, did not do well. So I don't, I don't know how much more improvement you're going to have a guy who's already kind of maxed out athletically. And, you know, if you have a 20-year-old tight end like Njoku or uh, that Irv Smith who got drafted, uh, you know, he has a lot of room to grow. I just don't see that with Hayden Hurst. I'm more interested in Mark Andrews as our drafters, I'm sure. Andrews is going earlier. He had a really, he had a really good rookie season. Yeah. And I think Andrews is going to be the pass-catching player to, to own on the Ravens uh, from a tight end position. Dave, uh, you and I will be drafting in Kentucky on Hayden Hurst's birthday this year. Do you want to take a guess at how old he will be? When some people will be drafting him in Kentucky. Uh, I guess 26. He will be 26 years old. Nice call on that. 26-year-old sophomore in the NFL. Yeah, right on. Interesting. Sounds like my collegiate career. Let's move on and talk about uh, the news out of Kansas City. No comment. <laughs> Eric Bieniemy. 4.0 average, though. Anyway. Eric sleeping with Bieniemy, the Chiefs offensive coordinator. Uh, yesterday was talking about Damian Williams, and he says – Damian Williams will be the starting running back, as reported by Brandon Kiley on Twitter. The quote, Damian Williams is our starter. We expect him to excel in that role. Damian Williams did excel in that role down the stretch last season. And quite frankly, Kansas City didn't 
add any serious competition to them? I mean, they, they get Carlos Hyde. There's Darwin Thompson there. Darrell Williams, James Williams is, is, is there as well. But none of these guys, there, there weren't any significant assets sunk into uh, these guys, Dave. Your thoughts on, on Damian Williams right now? He is ascending up uh, FFPC draft boards, but not as much as I thought he would. Uh, he's going at the 306 still. So you can get Damian Williams, the starting running back on the Kansas City Patrick Mahomes is in the mid-third round. You know, there's a lot of fantasy Twitter that is down on Damian Williams. Really? There's a lot. And they, well, whether, it's, whether they think uh, you know, Darwin Thompson's going to take the job, whether they think Carlos Hyde's going to take the job, whether they don't, whether, you know, and it's totally fine. I mean, Williams came kind of, he was an unproductive player, kind of came out of nowhere, got the job late. Under Adam Gase. Yeah, right. I mean, got the, jo- got the job late um, because of Hunt. That doesn't mean, you know, again, with running, I don't feel like running backs break out similarly to receivers or tight ends. No, I'm with you. It's, it's, it's totally an opportunity-based situation. And he, when he played, he was an awesome, high-fantasy point-scoring running back. He was really good. And, you know, I had him on that one of those Kentucky teams. He's putting up like 25, 30 points a game. You know, no problem. And he put up the touchdowns, but he wasn't touchdown-dependent. No, he caught he – was, he was just a very good all-purpose back. And I think that's the way the team looks at it. So I, I, what I actually, in my opinion – I think a lot of the so-called, you know, smart crowd in, uh, is going to be incorrect on Williams. I think he's going to be a, a decent pick there. So all the dummies that take him at the 306, I think they're going to do just fine. They're going to do well there. Let me ask you this, Dave. You have gone on the record, and I don't, I, I mean, I, I think it's fine to spoil your Kentucky strategy, but you are very high on buying the 101 or the 102 in Kentucky this year. Yeah, I'm very interested in that. I think this is going to be one of those years where the 101 to 104 or 5 even. Uh, is going to be pricey, but I think the 101 and 102, because you have Barkley and CMC, are going to be really $800 plus. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but like the old Tomlinson, Sean Alexander days. Yeah, that yeah, exactly. I think you're going to see a little bit more of that again. Okay, so so many questions coming to mind now that you've said this. Um, Damian Williams. Now it, the receivers go pretty fast in Kentucky. There's a chance he could fall to you if you have the 102, the 103, the 104. Uh, he could fall to you. Oh, no, I guess he wouldn't because the third round. Well, it's, it's still possible that he could fall back to you there at the end of the third round. Would you be comfortable if you had, say, Barkley or Kamara or somebody like that and you get a receiver in the second round? Would you be comfortable taking Damian Williams at, say, like the 309, something like that? I would be, I would be comfortable taking him there, but I'm guessing that I would possibly pass and keep going receiver. Get a receiver. Okay. And that's the way Kentucky is. It's just so – Messed up a little bit, you know. <laughs> it's not messed up. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's a little. I mean, it's 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 challenging. It confines you a bit. It's, it does confine you a bit, yeah. So I mean, I, I don't know if that's oh whatever. I mean, no, I get it. It, it you are I, you are a little challenge, bit. It's challenging in that you can't you don't have as many good choices to go with. Not as opposed you, to the FFPC dual flex option. Yeah, you know, I'm not totally trying to get into that. But that's okay. I'll totally try to get into it. <laughs> but it, it is kind of true. I mean, you know, you could do. That. I mean, you just have to kind of keep pounding receivers because everyone else is going to hit receivers. So if you don't do that, if you have after, you know, three rounds or after four rounds, you have two backs and two receivers, that's fine. But then rounds five and six, you were in kind of forced to hit receiver. And then where's your tight end? So, you know, yeah. I don't know. No, I get it. It's a different type of challenge. Okay. So this I mean, is, I really think, I mean, if I, if I look at it, I think Williams is a top 10, top, whatever back. Yeah. Then, yeah. I really should draft him anyway. Okay. Um, let's throw this. I'm going to frame this in an FFPC point um, right now. Uh, you have the 105. I think I asked you this a few weeks ago, but because I don't remember how you answered this, I'm going to ask it again. You have the 105 in a football guy's draft. The top four backs are off the board. Kamara, Elliott, Barkley, McCaffrey. Who are you taking at 105? Um, 
potential options include. I'd probably take David Johnson. Okay, that that was sort of the answer I was fishing for here. Well, we got a David Johnson thing coming up. He's kind up. of moving up. I mean, he's really and, and the more you hear about him, and then you know him, him and well, I mean, we'll, you'll talk about it. Right. Sure, so. But you like him better than Travis Kelsey at the 105 in an FFPC league. Yeah, I think so. And you like him better than DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, yeah, I think at 105 you're still looking at running backs in FFPC. Okay. Format. Right. Yeah. Um, is Hopkins your number one receiver right now? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. I mean, FFPC players would agree with you. I was just kind of getting your take on it. Yeah, I, w- I want to put Beckham up there, but he's still he's doing flaky things. Yeah, we're going to get to that flaky thing uh, in a little bit here. Um, who do you like better between Devontae Adams and Michael Thomas, just curiously? We're getting into the minutia right now. I, I guess we are. Um, I don't really know. I mean, I guess I'd flip a coin at this point. I, I've, I've not had not really evaluated the two of them. Okay. Up to... You like both of them, though. Sure. <laughs> yeah, they're, I mean, yeah, they're good players. I mean, right. How, how, yeah. When you're talking about guys that are first round picks, sure. right? Okay, yeah. fair enough. Well, there's been first round picks you haven't liked. You had just said Le'Veon Bell, you wouldn't take in the first round, and he's going in the first round. Right. Okay. Uh, the Cleveland Flake himself, Odell Beckham Jr., is missing quote a lot while absent from OTAs, according to Browns' new head coach Freddie Kitchens. There has been nine OTAs for Cleveland so far in this offseason. Odell Beckham has uh, attended one of them, so I guess that's good. Um, obviously when, when you have to show up for it, no question that Beckham's going to be there. He, he got out of New York. He, you know, he's, he's, he's still got his massive deal. Uh, He's very happy to be playing with Baker Mayfield and a much improved team in Cleveland than what he had, uh, with, uh, with the giants. But you look at Baker Mayfield now, no Jarvis Landry, by the way, who's already been uh, excused with like uh, some sort of injury, um, that's not expected to be a, a serious issue, but Baker Mayfield's thrown to Antonio Callaway and a whole lot of nothing right now, June 4th through the sixth is when they uh, start doing it for real, Dave, which is coming up here in five days, I guess. Um, Odell Beckham, this is probably, it, it has you concerned a little bit. Yeah. I mean, not a lot. I mean, it just would be smart for him to be there, but uh, in, in the long run, it probably won't really matter that much to be honest. I mean, he is a pro. He's, he knows what he's doing. He is a pro. He does know what he's doing. Uh, going at the 202 right now in uh, FFPC best ball drafts. You comfortable with that? Taking him at the, uh, Right, right around the turn there. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's so, some, there's so much upside with Beckham and that offense, and getting catching passes from Baker Mayfield. Always when you're looking at receivers, look at who's throwing them the ball. Yep. Everyone's like, oh, Antonio Brown, he's such a bargain in that draft spot, whatever. Well, Derek Carr has to throw him the ball and yeah. get it to him, and not throw four yard, you know, average yards per attempt. You know, he's got to really get some depth of the target there. Mr. Maybelline has struggled throwing the ball down the field the past couple of years, but you look at that turn, Dave. You get Joe Mixon and Odell Beckham uh, to start off your draft. That would be pretty nice. Mm, I don't know if I'd do that, but yeah, that would be nice. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get into fantasy feedback here uh, on the show. Uh, The first um, is uh, a tweet from uh, Curtis Michaela, at Curtis Michaela or Curtis Michela. I don't know how to pronounce it. First of all, Curtis, thank you for listening. Uh, Sorry for the mispronunciation. Really enjoy the HSFF hour every week. Can you guys cover the origins of the whole 26er thing? It seems to come up every week, but I never know what it means. Thanks. So this, uh, we'll dedicate this answer to Tupacker. As, uh, He's I think one of the, the charter members of the 52ers. Yeah, the, yeah 26ers <laughs> hold a special place in, in, at Tupacker's heart. So the way that this started was, um, as I understand it, um, there was a uh, $250 Dynasty League the FFPC held, and it was number 26. And these guys who all joined the league ended up really hitting it off. Like, I don't think anybody knew each other prior to this, and, and it's just it developed into a really fun, competitive league. They make a ton of trades. Uh, they make a ton of trades. These guys are all buddies. 
Um, they took over the Genesis League starting in 2018. They've dominated that uh, again this past, uh, you know, we covered them on the HSFF hour uh, for their 2019 performance. Um, but that that was how the 26er thing was, I mean, was born. And then they uh, subsequently started two more drafts. The, right. the 250 number Dynasty League number 26 2.0, right. and then the 250 Dynasty League number 26 3.0. Yeah, and they're the only two leagues we've, that we've actually, you know, made accommodations for. Well, we made accommodations for, for, for naming their league specifically, and then we also had a league where they wanted to take the name number 69 in advance of actually getting to 69, right? which we allowed them to do. So yeah. 69, you know, it's like getting rid of the number 13 in a hotel – we gave away 69 right. early, so I don't know. They are the bad boys. Very, very, very mature. They, they are the bad mature. boys of the FFPC yeah. dynasty, well, I I'm not, The 26ers didn't do this, but there, you know, there were just a group of characters who wanted the 69 league. They are a group of characters. Many of them have been guests on the show thus far, but that is the origin of the 26ers. The 250-26 league, did that start three years ago, was it? Yeah, that sounds all right. I think it was three it years ago. Right, yeah. uh, Hudson Kern-Reeve, longtime listener to the show, who still refuses to come on as a guest? We will get him in, in at some point. Well, he's um, afraid of pe- you know speaking in public. Uh, is that what it is? He's a professor for crying out loud, Balky. Okay, he's fine. that's all right. That's very funny. I was not paying attention to that at, at all. It is Friday. Um, so uh, so he had he had um, I, I believe he joined that that two fifty number twenty six, and then he told these guys about Genesis to see if anybody wanted to jump into Genesis with him um, a couple years ago. And instead of a couple of them ju- jumping in, they all jumped in. And right. now it's like, it's pretty much the, it's like Genesis number 26. It, <laughs> right. it's, it's dominated by 26ers. Uh, so if um, you ever hear us refer to 26ers, that's where it comes from. Uh, February of 2017, actually. So it's oh, okay. Years ago. All right. So there you go. There you have it on that. That is the origin of the 26ers. Moving on, Brian in Asheville, North Carolina. Dave, I love this email. Great. I like Asheville, North Carolina. Nice weather. Now that the PAC's defense is better. Their new head coach helmed the number seven rushing attack in the league last year. And Aaron Jones cut his body fat in half. Is Aaron Rodgers due to be a bust at quarterback with only decrepit or prepubescent options to throw to you too? Appreciate you. That is Brian in Asheville, North Carolina. So much to unpack in this email. <laughs> so let's, um, we're going to answer the question, but let's talk about this Aaron Jones thing first. Did you see the report this week about him cutting his body fat from 11 down to 5.3? I had, I did, and I, by the way, okay. 5.3 is possible. All right. That's very nice. I was just going to ask for officer body fat police to, to right. get in on this. Good job. That, you know what, that could actually be, that, that can be accomplished. Cut out chips, cookies, candy, and Gatorade, apparently. Um, there is a lot of sugar. My, you know, my wife loves Gatorade, but she buys the G2, which is significantly <laughs> lower in calories. Oh, is it? Is that what, oh, yeah, yeah. A, she's she's a big fan. My kids like it, too. Um, so, anyway, uh, uh Aaron Jones is a guy that I know you liked at the start of the season. You, yeah. You've liked him in the, the, in the, in the drafting season Still here. Do. And he is going in, again, FFPC best ball, 309. He is not, right in that third round. Yeah, he has not moved up at all. I mean, he's going, as far as running backs go, right behind Fournette, Damian Williams, and Derrick Henry, right ahead of Kerryon Johnson, Devontae Freeman, Josh Jacobs, and Sony Michelle, who might be returning kicks for the Patriots. Did you see that? <laughs> no. Oh, my God. He's the only guy listed as a kick returner on the Patriots <laughs> roster right now. What a train wreck that would be. Um, So Aaron Jones, probably going to carve out a bigger – I mean, I would imagine that he would would have a heavier workload this year given how Lafleur wants to use his running backs, has used his running backs the last couple of years. And 
I don't it's to me, Dave, it's very difficult to argue that the Packers defense is going to be worse this year, given all the assets that they sunk into it. And we're not talking about draft picks. I mean, we're talking about significant free agent additions, probably the biggest free agency um, year for the Packers on defense that I can remember. And that includes the year they signed Reggie White. I'm looking at this Packers defense being better. I'm looking at Aaron Jones getting more touches. I don't want to say Aaron Rodgers is a bust, but I, I looked at how he just, he was not forcing the ball to his receivers the way he had with Jennings and Jordy Nelson and, and, and so on and so forth because he had these young guys that he just clearly did not trust to make plays and he would constantly throw the ball away. I'm a little nervous if I'm drafting Aaron Rodgers this year because I think he'll be all right and he'll be a good leader on the field. But for fantasy, I don't know if his output matches his draft value. Yeah, I mean, Rodgers, to, to me, I don't know, he mailed it in last year, as we all know. I mean, he did, he had that adversity, and he didn't like the coach. He didn't like McCarthy. And I just – it's tough to – what am I, What are you going to make of him? And because he's dealing with a run-based coach, I, I think that Rodgers, because of name recognition, he gets overdrafted. I don't think I will own him in many – many, possibly if any leagues. I, had, I owned him in one league one year. That was it. And he slipped to, like, the fifth round in Kentucky. I'm like, all right, I, I got to do it here at this point. Sure. He is currently going – uh, as the QB number four, Dave, at the 704, right in front of Baker Mayfield, who I know you'd much rather have than I mean, Aaron Rodgers this I year. Think, I, you know, I, I think I would prefer him probably, but I mean, to say much rather have. It's a mean, little, you've said nothing but positive yeah, things. Yeah, I know, but I mean, it's still, you're talking about a Hall of Fame quarterback versus a, a second year guy. I mean, you know, to really, let's just not get over the top. Okay, all right, we'll get over the top. We'll, we'll just still go up the hill. It's like just so crazy that. Oh, Baker Mayfield's way going to be way better than Aaron Rodgers. Well, I don't, again, right I'm glad, I don't want to put words in your mouth, so I'm glad be. you're clarifying. It could be, but I mean, you know, let's not get too crazy. But if you are taking quarterback in the seventh round and they're both available, I would imagine that you'd be taking Baker Mayfield seven or eight times out of ten. I would probably take Mayfield over Rodgers if I was taking quarterback in that spot. I'd probably also look at Kyler Murray two rounds later and right. not take either one of them. Right, yeah. And that's probably that's plan A for you, or, right? You know, or, you know, Cam, and, you know, whatever. I, I don't yeah. know. In that, in that neighborhood, I would look at some guys. It depends on what the rest of my team looks like. Right. Um, Jamal Williams, Dexter Williams, uh, as far as the Packers rushing attack with Matt LaFleur, you have any interest in either of these players? I don't know if I do. I had the opportunity in that Kentucky draft. to We could have taken Dexter Williams super late, and we chose not to. Yeah, I would take I, – I would not – I'm not that interested in Jamal Williams, um, but I guess he is the handcuff. So if I had Aaron Jones and Williams fell past his ADP, I would probably take him. If, I wouldn't take Dexter Williams in a redraft league unless I – heard really good things that he might take the job over Jamal Williams. Otherwise yeah. you're just kind of, you're kind of just betting on the come, so to speak that he's even going to get the job. And, and that's, that's the issue too. And, and I don't love Jamal Williams. I think he's like, whatever. In fact, he might even gone after uh, the, Dexter the, Williams the in that draft. Like uh, yeah, Jamal he Williams. That's what they said on, uh, in uh, Roto, Roto World. And you know what? He, the fact that he is so sloth like <laughs> he's so difficult for blitzing linebackers to get past. Because right. oh, he just—I mean, you, you you run into him and it's like a brick wall. He is he, so good at picking up the blitz. He, he really slows him. He is really good at that. I will say that. Um, okay, so that's what we're looking at for the Packers. And if Aaron Jones were to go down, um, I know a lot of people would probably be excited about Dexter Williams when, when he goes down. Um, yeah, but um, I don't know. I think Jamal Williams is still going to be out there a ton. It's very difficult. I would think so. Um, I mean, yeah, he, he's still you know because he's a good pass catching back, even though he's not maybe as good of a talented back, you know, as runner, uh, he'll be ahead of Dexter Williams. Right. Yeah. Most likely. And, and I mean, I knew it's a new, new coaching staff, but I got to believe that they trust him a little bit more than, you know, Dexter Williams is like a six round pick. It's not like he's this pedigreed guy either. Right. Uh, uh, Ronnie in rapid city, South Dakota. 
are the Cardinals really going to run 95 plays a game? And if so, does that make grabbing every Cardinals running back a must with each of them sure to break down from so much usage? That is Ronnie in Rapid City, They're South Dakota. They're going to pass all the time, buddy. David Johnson said uh, this week that the, one of the biggest challenges, if not the biggest challenge for him this offseason, is getting into shape because they plan on running 90 to 95 plays a game. Now, for reference's sake, the Arizona Cardinals were second worst in the league last year, averaging a paltry 56 plays a game. Cliff Kingsbury, when he was at Texas Tech, averaged 82 plays a game. I know they want to play fast. I know they want to do a lot of things. It's not going to be 95 plays a game. It's just not going to happen. But they are going to move way up on that list. We look at the running backs in this, on this team besides David Johnson. Dave, I, I, I mean, are you interested in anybody but Johnson on this roster? I mean, it's, it's very difficult for me to get excited, even super what? late. You said players or running uh, backs? Running backs. Uh, just keep it to, uh, to running backs right now. We can talk about players if you want. Uh, running back, uh, not, not so much. I mean, you're looking at Chase Edmonds. Uh, I mean, TJ Logan, DJ Foster. Chase, Chase Edmonds, Edmonds, is, Edmonds is the backup, right? Yeah. So him, I guess, but, you know. Him super late. Sure. Yeah. Um, and, and as far as players go on this roster, by the way, Chase Edmonds, 21st round in FFPC best balls. You can wait on him. Um, players on this roster. Now I know it's difficult because you and I were both in, in dynasty mode, switch to redraft mode. Um, we should play a, a Yaman or nine, um, with, with the Cardinals. We're going to play a Yaman or nine here shortly with the bears, but, um, Hakeem Nix, Christian Kirk, Andy Isabella, Larry Fitzgerald. Are you interested in three of those guys for redraft? Hakeem Nix? Uh, Hakeem Butler. I I'm know not you're not interested in Hakeem Nix. Yeah, not interested Mr. In Compartment <laughs> Syndrome. Um, Hakeem Butler, uh, and then the other three, Isabella, Fitz, and Christian Kirk. Yes. And that's, and not interested in Butler, right? No, I actually, I'm interested in everybody. Oh, you are? Okay. Sure. Ha- the whole offense. <laughs> All the receivers. Why the hell not? Hakeem Butler, 21st round in best balls right now. I guess I'd take a chance on him right there. Yeah, that's not. Why not? I mean, I'm definitely interested in Fitz. I think Kirk's a teeny bit overrated, but I maybe would take him too. And uh, definitely like Isabella. Isabella, where is he going? 11, 12, 13? 17th round right now. It, over the last two weeks in FFPC best ball drafts. Huh, and, right. and by the way, re- redraft, it's, it's a little. I in the 14th yesterday, but that's, you know, I'm sure that happened. Yeah. Long. Uh, and then Christian Kirk is going obviously much higher. He might actually be the first one off the board at the 907. Larry Fitzgerald going at the 1008. So Christian Kirk is your first Cardinals receiver off the board. See, that's it. Okay, so you know, you know we, we talk about this a lot of times where a, a quarterback is being taken late and all the receivers are being taken early. Here you have the, almost the opposite, right? Where you have a quarterback in Kyler Murray that's being taken fairly early, a 10th overall. Right. And all of those receivers are getting taken pretty darn late, right? Yeah. 9th, 10th, 13th, your 9th, 10th, 14th, 21st. Um, that's pretty nuts, actually, especially when you're talking about what's supposed to be a super high-volume offense. Yeah. I mean, as far as trying to get as many plays churned in and out, in and out of the huddle, or not even huddling up, running all the shotgun, 90% plus shotgun. Uh, if you believe in Murray, you should definitely be drafting all those receivers. Yeah, I mean, the, the, you don't have to sink any assets into him. I mean, keep in mind, too, that you know the tight end position, I don't know how it, they always use a tight end. I'm sure if they have a stud, had a stud tight end, they would use him, but they don't have one. I mean, they, it, so I think you're going to see three receivers that are going to emerge as worthy of being drafted right. for sure. Sigmund Bloom pointed this out. At, um, I, I can't remember if it was on the couch or in the audible this week, but if you look at Cliff Kingsbury's offenses at Texas Tech, you know, he had these bigger, more physical receivers play on the outside, but the guys who got all the action as, as far as targets go were those slot guys. Those are the guys you need to pay attention to is the guys who play the slot for Arizona. And if that's Larry Fitzgerald, 
Yum, 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 yum. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think slot receivers, this is really an emerging, has an emerging trend over the past few years, have really become more and more valuable. Yeah. You see Tyler Boyd. You see uh, – Candy Isabella was a second-round pick. That absolutely. wasn't happening four years ago. And he may be able to play outside, too, as we've kind of talked about. But Kiki QT is a player that I'm really super interested in. And he had, in his limited time last year, he had a bunch. He had a 10-catch game, I think, in the playoffs. I think he had at least two double-digit catch games in the regular season, too. Yeah, so that's why I look at Will Fuller, and I, I'm like, I have no interest at all in Will Fuller. I'm with you. And, uh, you I'm hear it, Packer? No interest in Will Fuller. Much more interested in QT, you know, a few rounds later. So Okay. All right, fair enough. Uh, let's move on. Dear Trent and Joe, not sure if you saw this quote from the Ravens owner about Lamar Jackson, but if you guys are telling me to draft him for his legs and not his arm, I have serious concerns about his fantasy viability now. Please read this on the air. That's Tom in Panama City. Congratulations, Tom. You got your email very read on the air. Very demanding, Tom. Yeah, very. Well, Panama City, I'm sure he's They just, just say please, though. Uh, yes. Um, did you see the quote from Steve Biscotti this week about how Lamar Jackson was, will not be running 20 times a game? Yeah, I saw it. I looked this up last year, or I, I looked this up. Uh, First of all, he is the owner. So. He is the owner, yeah. I looked this up today um, about last year. Guess how many games Lamar Jackson had 20 or more rushing attempts? Now, he, he started, I think, like halfway through the all season. Right, so I thought he had an average 17, which means he probably, let's see, started 10 games, uh, five. Uh, fewer. Uh, three? Fewer. One? He had two. Right. He had two games. I think he had 26 rushing attempts in one and 20 in the other. I'm going to look it, it up just to make sure I am right here because the fact that you are guessing that high has me doubting the accuracy uh, of, my, <laughs> of my statement here. I was just but, guessing. Um, if you look at Lamar Jackson's game logs, which, God, I can bless you. America, I, every time this happens, I have it, and then I lose it. This is so annoying, ladies and gentlemen. Um, okay, <laughs> here we go. I think I got it now. <clears throat> Lamar Jackson took over last year for Joe Flacco in on November 18th, whatever week that yeah, was. Yeah, two, two is correct. So yeah, so two and and that in his first game he had 26. Right. Then he went 11, 17, 14, 18, 13, and 20. So and I don't know what he did in the playoffs. I don't think he hit 20 against the Chargers in the playoffs. But I'll say this, Dave. I don't care if he's not getting 20 because he really got 20 last year. He's still going to get double-digit rushing attempts a game. And you cannot tell me the fact that this team couldn't take the time to tell him that he was going to have a new offense this year before he even got to the OTAs and the fact that his passes are still fluttering. You can't tell me that he's not going to rely on his legs when the bullets start flying and he starts doing this for real. He's going to be running the ball. I have no concern about drafting. I drafted him as my starting quarterback in that (laughs) Kentucky league, and I feel effing great about it. Well, he's going to have a lot better receivers, and he's going to be in the second year of the year of the offense. It's going to be tailored around him. He's going to throw for more passing touchdowns and more passing yards. I, I, he's going to be – I think it's, the question is, is he going to be a good fantasy quarterback or is he going to be a great fantasy quarterback? And that really doesn't have a whole – I mean, it doesn't – it, it correlates with how good of an NFL quarterback he is, but it's not you know, a perfect correlation. He could be a, an average NFL quarterback and a great fantasy quarterback. Which is all we care about. I mean, it is all we care about. Right. It's all we want, and we want him to keep the job, of course. But that's about it. Um, I'm just looking at the receivers on this team, Dave, and it is woof. Yeah, but they drafted all those speed guys. I mean, they have Marquise Brown. That they just drafted. And Miles Boykin. Yeah, Boykin, who's also another fast guy. And Justice Hill, who's not, you know, catching passes on the backfield. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not saying it's great. Be, you know, these, are, these guys are all going to grow with Lamar Jackson. Maybe it's a better dynasty play than a redraft one, but. I can't. Was it, was it Biscotti or was it a Ravens coach that was talking up Chris Moore this week? Saying he Who could cares? be a breakout guy. But then you're looking at Willie Sneed, Jordan Lasley, and then, of course, my favorite player of all time, Michael Floyd, is on the roster. <laughs> Don't forget about Seth Roberts and Jaleel Scott. And then, of course, 
Joe Horn Jr. is on this team. Oh, as yeah, well. that's right. That's really, funny. really uh, uh, doing their due diligence and trying to get uh, any possible weapon for Lamar Jackson this year. All right, final email of the night, Eddie in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Greetings and salutations. I think you guys may or may not have done this last year with Matt Nagy taking over an eclectic group of skill guys, but could you play a Yaman or nine with the Bears again for 2019? That is Eddie in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Thank you so much for the email, Eddie, and we will be happy to play a Yaman or nine as Rob wheels out the uh, the machine here. Who's doing it? You? I will, yeah, I'll be pushing the buttons on this one. You'll be reading the uh, the players. I just realized this today. So I read the players, then you say whether you And then I'll, I'll, I'll do the, the button pushing. Do you know that every coach in the NFC North is named Matt, except for Mike Zimmer? That's great. Isn't that weird? Oh, yes, it is. Uh, I just, I found they all love that uh, first book of the New Testament, didn't they? Uh, apparently, yes. Uh, and they all go by Matt, too. I don't think anybody goes by Matthew. Well, of course, who's going to hire a football coach named Matthew? That's, 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 that's not more something. of a soccer coach. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, this is. Listen, and this is not a commentary of what we believe. This is how the NFL works. That's a commentary on that. All right, so let's keep um, Trubisky out. Of, well, we can throw Trubisky in. Basically, any skill position, Dave, throw them at me, and I will give you a Yaman or nine whether I want these guys on my team this year. All right. Adam Shaheen. Adam Shaheen. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. No, thank you. You know, well, we'll get into the other guy in a little bit, but I, I still don't like Shaheen. All right, the magic cord, Cordero Patterson. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. All right. You're fine. on to Cordero Patterson this year? <laughs> no. All right. Uh, Anthony Miller. All right, Anthony Miller. And I have to look this up right now. <laughs> what, I'm, I'm you, cheating a little in bit. In your mind? No, I have to look up where he's going in FFPC, Jess. All right, I'll tell you what. Yeah, man. 14th round in FFPC best balls, uh, where I know he's going to have a few breakout games. I- I'm on board with that. I- I- he had now, didn't he? he, you know, had, he I don't even like Anthony Miller. In 14th round is pretty inexpensive. He had an injury last year that he was battling. Um, he's kind of a, a touted guy coming out of Memphis, right? Is where he went to to school, I believe. And uh, the Bears took a chance on him. I-, I I think he, for best ball purposes, he would suit my needs in the 14th round. That's kind of funny that he's going so late because there's so many. Anthony Miller aficionados out there that just love the guy for whatever reason. The highest, Dave, that Anthony Miller has gone in the last two weeks in FFPC leagues is the 1104. Wow. Wow. So apparently those aficionados are not drafting in the FFPC. Right. They're just on Twitter talking about it. And I'll tell you what. You're an Anthony Miller aficionado? Look where you can get them. Join the FFPC today. Great. Trey, uh, Trey Burton, the director. Nine, 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 nine. Why is he the director? Tim Burton, Trey Burton. Oh, I, I get it. I get it. Yeah, eighth round of FFPC best ball drafts right now. He, he ended the season with a groin injury, and now he had hernia surgery in the offseason. They already spread the ball around quite a bit uh, on that offense. If I wait, I can get Herndon. I can get Delaney Walker, uh, Kyle Rudolph, who I think is being underdrafted right now, and even Jordan Reed to a certain extent, too. I, I'm, I'm fine with not having Trey Burton on my team. Guys, remember all those people last year who just loved Trey Burton? He got that big contract. Yep, he did. He was, he was so good. Yeah. Had never done anything, and he sucked. I took him in the second round of the Carrington Dynasty League. <laughs> Part of the reason I had to blow up that team this year. He, he sucked, but I mean, he really wasn't. He wasn't terrible. He just wasn't what people have expected. I, I honestly don't know where he finished among tight ends last year. I mean, he had to I be close. He had, I thought he had 500 and some yards. Maybe, maybe I'm incorrect. Wait, was he a top 12 tight end in FFPC? Um, offhand, I don't know, but I mean, I would think he was. He's probably in that neighborhood. But tight end after the top three or four was was kind of a wasteland. Might be the same this year. You never know. Yeah, let me just see what he did last year. He was. Uh, 
76 targets, 54 for 569 and six touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, that's – It's okay, He right? was for sure top 12 then. Yeah. He, no he doubt. Was, right. Um, but nevertheless, he, I can't – it's kind of like Kyle Rudolph. You're like, okay, well, he did something, but, you know, I, didn't, I wasn't all that happy when it ever was eight, nine points a game. Well, and, that, and, that, and that's why we put a premium on these, on these tight ends, like these elite tight ends, because it, it gives you such an advantage. I mean, this is what we said about Rob Gronkowski for years. Right. Right, right, right. Running back, Mike Davis. Uh, really? Yeah, he's nine, team, nine, 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 two back right now on the team. Yeah, fat, fast, number two running back. Yeah, because he plays like number two or what? <laughs> There's people who like Mike Davis, buddy. Uh, I'm not one of them. All uh, right, <laughs> I'll just look at. Let's gauge the interest of Mike Davis uh, for FFPC players right now, going at the 15th round of FFPC. Yeah, that's probably now. higher than you thought. It uh, is higher. I'll tell you this: it, it is higher than I thought. Still not very high. <laughs> Got to be pretty high. Hey, Panama Russ. Yeah. Very. <laughs> we were, Second time we worked that in discussion today. <laughs> we were talking about that today. Oh, uh, me Paris. Alan, yeah. Alan Robinson, wide receiver. Oh, uh, now here we go. Now we're getting, you go from Is he Mike. coming back? We get, we get Mike, we go from Mike Davis to the elite Alan Robinson. Oh boy, here we are. All right. So Alan Robinson going at the 609 and FFPC best balls. Yeah, man. Against my better judgment, I'm going to say a Yaman to Allen Robinson, but it is it is borderline right now. I mean, I, you know, he's going right next to Tyler Boyd. I'd rather have Tyler Boyd. But then after that, it's Alshon Jeffrey, Robbie Anderson, Corey Davis, and I'd rather have Allen Robinson than all three of those guys, even after my boy Corey Davis. Yeah, there's no way I'm drafting Jeffries this year. No? Well, hey, I, <laughs> the Kentucky podcast last week, they're referring to Alshon Jeffrey as Alshon Jeffries as a tribute to me. I, and they said, I'm like – well, why is this a tribute to me that it's Elsha? I mean, I know, like, Kurt, Kurt and I had fun at the Kentucky auction, like, you know, with adding S's on the player's name that don't have it and then taking away the S's from players that That's don't have funny. it. But whatever. It's, but, yeah, I'd, I'd rather have Robinson than Jeffrey, for sure. By the way, uh, to show. Tariq Cohen, the Jewish running back. Because his last name's Cohen. <laughs> so terrible. Yeah, man. I like. I mean, I think he's going to catch a lot of passes. I mean, I know uh, th- there's a lot of David Montgomery people out there who I'm sure we're going to get to here in a little bit. Uh, that uh, is, they're going to say, "Well, Montgomery's going to be on the field the whole time." I still think that Tariq Cohen is is is, is he's such an explosive running back. You got to have him on the field. He's going to make plays this year. I'll take him in the early fifth round. All right, and let's go to uh, David Montgomery since you just mentioned him. Dave, all the things I just said. Yeah, Tariq Cohen apply to David Montgomery. Guess the ADP of three Cohen. Did I just say 503 for Cohen? Uh, you know what? I'm not, what Doesn't matter because that's where he's going. Guess where David Montgomery's going? Uh, 506. 505. Oh, wow. Right after Tariq Very Cohen. Cool. Not even like the next running back after. The next player wow. after Tariq Cohen is David Montgomery. Interesting. Now you have to make a stand on this. And I, here's where I think I'm leaning. I think if I can only choose one, I think it's going to be Montgomery over Cohen. Interesting. And, and I, I just think he's. It's a volume decision because I do believe that Cohen is going to carve out a role, but I think Montgomery is going to be on the field quite a bit. So okay. I like Montgomery better than Cohen, although I do like both of them this year. All right. Two more. Okay. Eddie Pinero. Nine, 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 nine. He's a kicker. You know what? No, no I, I, I'm going to find somebody better at kicker. <laughs> Mitchell. Mitch Blood Green. Yeah, I like Trubisky because, he, you know, for a lot of the same reasons we talked about why we like Kyler Murray, why we like Phillip Rivers, or at least why I like Phillip Rivers, um, he's got all these weapons. And with him, it doesn't matter who's scoring the touchdowns, who's getting the catches, who's getting the yardage, because no matter who it is, he's getting credit for it. Mitchell Trubisky going at the end of the 10th round of, uh, of best ball drafts right now. Um, I'm on board with him there, 
but I will say I do like Garoppolo. I do like Brady. I do like Darnold. They're all going behind him, too. So it's not like I'm married to Trubisky there. But certainly if I'm drafting a lot of teams, Trubisky makes a lot of sense to have on, uh, on a, at least a handful of them, Dave. Yeah, I was going to say the thing about Trubisky is, that's underrated is his rushing. I, I, I'm just trying to look up his uh, stats here. Um, For uh, rushing yardage? Yeah, his rushing stats. From uh, just overall? Yeah, not not like, not like playing football. Right, I I didn't know if you're looking at yeah, he has um, six, six, yeah, six game logs or something like that. Sixty eight rushes for 421 yards and three touchdowns on the ground over 14 starts last year. That's pretty good. I mean, it's not you know it's not Kyler Murray or anything like that, but those points all matter. They all count. All um, points matter. That's right. Uh, that's a great that's a great point. He actually Don't discriminate um, against points, man. <laughs> that's true. He actually went up from I mean, granted he he only started 12 games in in his rookie season. But he went up from 248 rushing yards to 421, as you just pointed out. Has five rushing touchdowns in his career, averaging last year, dude, 30 rushing yards a game. And, and he averaged six, six point one nine yards per attempt. That's better than Lamar Jackson. Lamar that, Jackson averaged four point something. That's better than uh, NFL running back average per carry leader last year, Aaron Jones. There you go. Yeah. He's better than Aaron Jones. All right, I'm taking Mitchell Trubisky in the third round now. <laughs> you can use stats however you want. We single-handedly shot his ADP up seven rounds. Trubisky tonight. throws better than Aaron Jones too, but yeah, um, I like why MVP. I mean, like, can we just start <laughs> the conversation right now? There's, there's no question. Well, Dave, I think that was the biggest thing we accomplished on the show tonight was uh, moving the ADP for Mitchell Trubisky, and what a show it was. I do want to thank Daryl Wall, Dave Gerzak, the FFPC, Rob Rice, and of course each and every one of you. Now, programming note here. Uh, next week, you are still here, Yep. okay? And I believe the plan, and correct me if I'm wrong, is to announce the Joes oh, okay. for the Pros versus Joes next Friday night, live on the show. Um, you have roughly three hours and 47 minutes to get in on uh, the, uh, the main event uh, early bird discount, save 100 bucks, and then, then you get your name entered into the Pros versus Joes drawing which will be uh, conducted, and then we'll, we'll announce the names on the show next week live at 10, 9 Central. So that is the plan right now. It is going to be a very exciting show next week, and we hope you really uh, you, you, uh, you join us uh, for the live portion of it. Uh, that's when we'll be back. Check out the Maiden no, Dynasty. There's no way we're extending the deadline until Sunday either. But I, I no mean, chance. I can't see a scenario where that happens, but... Listen, I'm no Nostradamus. Um, we'll be back next Friday, 10, 9 Central. Check out the Maiden Dynasties. Check out the best ball leagues at myffpc.com. Get in on not only the main event early bird, which expires in three hours and 46 minutes now, and uh, the Football Guys Players Championship early bird. Check that out as well. Kevin Proctor on the Rotoviz High Stakes Lowdown, rotoviz.com slash podcast. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by myffpc.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. We're on the team explore, even more so if we on tour. Me and E explore the country, wondering about the evening before. Trying to explain where the time went. Well, other rappers find a studio to grind in. Did, did you think tonight that I talked more than usual? No, I thought you were fine. Uh, and I ask this because normally I consume two alcoholic beverages per show. Yeah. And it's usually gone by the time we get the emails, my second one. You Look, still have some left. still have the uh, New Belgium Voodoo Ranger Juicifer IPA. Nice. I still have a third of it left, well, which is it. why I'm, I will enjoy it. But I'm just curious if I was – I don't know why I was – 
Maybe maybe well I I only had water tonight so maybe I didn't drink didn't uh, talk enough. Well maybe I was filling in the cracks. Yeah maybe I was just sitting there. Yeah well Sorry. less I I didn't have to do too much dizzle wrangling tonight. You made it easy. <laughs> I for ate me. dinner too late. That was my problem. So you know it's full. Oh those late dinners. <laughs> Get in on that main event early bird. Three hours and forty five minutes until it expires. Hustle in. We'll talk to you next week and hopefully you get your name read as one of the twenty nineteen Joes.